Hello, and welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves, and I'm the pastor of women here at Northview Church. I'm joined by Thalia. Hello, I'm pastor of care here at Northview. We have a few of us. There's me and Paul and Vic. Yeah, and we are joined today by Kendra and Sarah, and they're going to introduce themselves in a second and their roles. But just thought I'd give you a quick overview of what we're going to do in the next half hour or so. Uh, We want to talk about kind of Northview's culture around being like a teaching hospital and what that looks like. in our in our just our various ministries, how it, we are constantly bringing up new people for different roles and teaching them how to teach, um, and what that looks like specifically for Kendra and Sarah in the roles that they have, and then we're going to talk about what that looks like um, just for women at Northview because we know that um, well. Some of you may not know, but at Northview, we have a complementarian position of leadership, which means that women do some roles and men do some roles. And we want to talk through that and kind of Mm -hmm. give some explanation for it. Mm -hmm. So before we get into that too much, why don't you guys give us a bit of an introduction to yourselves? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Kendra. I've been on staff here at Northview for two years in the pastoral internship role. So that means that I'm part of the Immerse program, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But for the last two years, I've been working in the women's ministry department. And I've had opportunities to be part of various Bible studies and various um, teaching opportunities, teaching the interns and, um, yeah, teaching different kind of Bible, how to study your Bible groups. Uh, When I'm not here, I also have an opportunity to to work at the hospital. I'm a registered nurse. And so I've kept my foot kind of in that door still. I, I love my nursing world and I love my ministry world here. At Northview, so it keeps me very busy. Yeah, um, I live in Abbotsford, so it's nice and close. I have short commutes to the hospital, short commutes <laughs> to the church. Um, it's been, yeah, it's great. And I have had the pleasure, my name is Sarah, by the way, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Kendra over the past two years because we came into the program at the same time Mm -hmm. and we've worked together. I'm also a pastoral intern in the women's department with Crystal and it has been amazing. Um, When I'm not here, I am with my three children and my husband. My kids are 13. Uh, 11 and 9. I have a daughter and two boys, and so it's very busy. And I have a husband, and he is also very busy. So life over the last couple of years has looked very different. Um, but it's great, and we're moving into our third year. We're going to graduate yeah. next year this time, hopefully. Lord willing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cross our fingers, pray, all those things. Yeah. There's yeah. a few loose ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we have a year to accomplish things, mm-hmm. so yeah. we can oh, do it. Yeah. I think we'll we're on in, track. Get into that in a bit more mm-hmm. detail in a minute, but... Let's talk in general about kind of the culture about around Northview about training leaders. What is mm-hmm. kind of unique about Northview um, in terms of kind of our focus or emphasis in that direction? So, Celia, do you want to start on that? Yeah, we encourage people to keep learning, whatever that looks like for them. Mm-hmm. We have a wide variety of people that are still pursuing or, or have just finished their master's degree in a variety of different ways. Some we, doing PhDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andy is doing his PhD through and Aberdeen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Johnny is doing his PhD. And he is also teaching part-time at Trinity Western University. Johnny is one of our worship pastors. And Andy is the pastor of Young Adults and director of Apologetics Canada. Mm-hmm. Crystal, you're partway through your master's at over half, I think. Yep. You're doing a master's agent. in what? Uh, master's of Arts and Theology. Master's of Arts and Theology through... Yep. Regent College in mm-hmm. Vancouver, yeah, UBC campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dan Sparrow has just signed up through Briarcrest yep. to yep. do yeah. something. Um, yeah. Imran is also at Regent College. Um, Greg is finishing else? up Immerse, yep. Masters of Divinity, similar yep. yeah. to Kendra and I, and about five or six others. Yeah. And I think Dwight has just signed up actually through Axe Seminary too to do their children and family. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Degree yeah. through there. Okay. So, yeah, we're all kind of constantly um, being encouraged to learn and grow. And 
the women and men that come to our studies, we're encouraging them to learn and grow, whether that's in any kind of formal way or informal, like some of the classes we offer, like the theology class and those kind of pieces. Yeah, it's great. Actually, I met a lady last September who joined up in one of our Bible studies, and she said uh, she was elderly, probably in her early 80s, and she said, I've never been part of a Bible study before. And here she is coming out and learning Bible study um, skills, how how she can understand the Word as she reads it. And it's just been it's been great. She's not too old to learn. And it's been fun to learn alongside mm-hmm. her. One of my favorite, I had a membership interview a couple of weeks ago with one of our women who is elderly. Yeah. And we had just had a, a teaching by D.A. Carson, who's like one of the like gurus kind of of teaching. And she said, am I allowed to disagree with D.A. Carson? Oh, <laughs> I said, yes, and why? And she had all her reasons and what she had thought through. Yeah. And we talked about it. And I thought, that's fun. Like, mm-hmm. let's always be ready to engage with our teachers yeah. and be ready to even push back if we don't agree or, yeah. or think about something more deeply. So that's what we're encouraging people at all levels. Mm-hmm. Through- Northview also has various ways that we help equip teachers and leaders. Mm-hmm. And we don't just leave you on your own. No, like, no. There's so much material and help and support. And um, whether you're a community group leader or a small table group leader, yeah. we teach you how to do what you need to do. And this day and age, there's also so much online training. Mm-hmm. And there's courses and conference that we go to. And it is a value of Northview that elders and staff and congregants take advantage of all the opportunities. Mm -hmm. So in the care department, we've been pursuing online training for biblical counseling. Mm -hmm. And there's different methods that we've done to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we're encouraging people to get every kind of training possible. None of us have arrived yet. Right. Yeah. And I think in general, it's helpful for people to know that if they come to a Northview event, there will likely be a pastoral person doing some teaching. And then there will likely be someone in training that's yeah. doing some teaching because yeah. we're constantly, we're not looking to have the experts at everything that we do. We're looking to train up people to mm-hmm. be the future experts. Yeah. And so we're always going to have the, like the pastoral interns. We're going to have even like intern interns that are just here yeah. for a year. Um, there's just going to be different people in those roles when we're at retreats, when we're at conferences, when we're at... Yeah. Crystal's like the doctor and Kendra and I are the residents. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's what you mean by yeah. your, your yeah. introduction by saying we're, yeah. we're kind of like a teaching hospital or like you go to the, your doctor's office and the doctor says, this is my resident. Is it okay mm-hmm. if they do the assessment? Is it okay if they ask the questions? And it's not because the doctor's not able to or doesn't want to. It's because they have this value and this vision to grow up more physicians who are competent to take practice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if we have a retreat or a conference, we're not going to try to book the most popular Christian circuit speaker. Yeah. Like Crystal or Thalia or Kendra or I are going to do some of the teaching. Yeah. 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 And then the people who are just starting the program will be involved somehow Mm -hmm. and they might fumble their way through it, but that's part of the learning. And so we all want to have that grace for each other and just cheer on. And what I love is that I think our women have caught a vision for that. Like I know you guys said a couple of times after we did this last series of classes that a couple of women came up to you and said, we just love the fact that you guys are allowed to do this mm-hmm. and that you're training up young people and like yeah. women have that vision. They're not like one sitting more. there in judgment over. Yeah. Well, they're oh. so gracious. We yeah. had one of the women interns teach in mission when I was there one time yeah. and the women were so kind mm-hmm. and gracious and she did a good job to intern anyways, but, but the women young. were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she made a few fumbles and that's totally fine. And they were just yeah. so patient. So supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was probably my second second year of teaching women's Bible study and somebody came up to me and their purpose was to encourage me. But she said something like, you've gotten so much better since the first couple of times. 
<laughs> but we have. We, we've improved. True. And, and by I God's think, grace, people sat through our fumbling yeah. teaching. And I think part of the culture at Northview isn't just opportunities to try teaching, but there's also a built-in opportunity for review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're always being evaluated and um, you did this well and you did this not well and you need to improve in these places, but keep doing this because this is... Uh, this is working. So I think that that helps grow. It's mm-hmm. not just do you have a platform to practice, no. but are no. you being evaluated? Because that's how you learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which so, is huge because I've talked to some people who've yeah. never, who've preached for 20 years and never been evaluated by anybody. Yeah. And that's not, and I think that's, that's what's helped us your to skills. Grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So we want to talk specifically about the Immerse program, mm-hmm. just because we have you guys for today. We don't always sure. have you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know Kendra's going to be AWOL almost all this month because she's trying to get all her nursing hours in in the month it's, of June. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. June and August, I have I have some shifts booked there. Yeah. yeah. So Immerse is a three-year, technically, hopefully, you uh-huh. guys will be done in three years, yeah. but it's a kind of an immersion Masters of Divinity program where you take your classes at the church. Um, with some of our pastors teaching and also some outside guest speakers. Yep. You have a few online classes, and then you're actually practicing everything that you're learning. You're getting it to implement it yeah. in our ministry setting. Like a co-op. Like a co-op degree, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, like a teaching residency. And we yeah. won't end up with a Northview degree. We'll no. end up with a Master's of Divinity from Northwest Baptist Seminary. Yeah, because you're accredited through them. Yeah, And Northview. the MB Seminary. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, together. Mm-hmm. Um, so let us... Can I? Well, I'm going to ask you some questions. What did the first? You've been in this program for two years. Yep. What have these two years looked like for you? Well, year one uh, has been quite different than year two in mm-hmm. a positive way. Year one, Kendra and John Mulder, he he's at Mission Campus quite often. The three of us were the guinea pigs, and we said yes to something, not fully sure <laughs> what we were saying yes to. We knew the end goal. Yeah. But the pathway to get there, we had no curriculum, <laughs> we had no schedule, we had willing hearts and a vision to learn. But uh, yeah, we didn't have a lot of direction the first year. So, but we knew, we said yes, knowing we were the guinea pigs. So it's yeah. not like we were uh, surprised, yeah, yeah. sideswept or, or shocked that this was happening, but we didn't have a lot of direction that first year. And, and thankfully... Ezra needed help in mission, yep. so uh, John was kept busy there, and Crystal needed help with the women's department. So Kendra and I um, gained a lot of competency that mm-hmm. first year, just getting right into it. Yeah, but yeah. in terms of the assignments and that kind of stuff, that wasn't yeah, as structured. Not so much. No. So yeah. now, after that first year, you got this big, thick manual. Yeah, near the all end, the things. Yeah. Near the end of our first year, it was like, ah, we've got this book that. Yeah, yeah it, daunting yeah. because you look back on things you've done and you're like, ah, but I didn't write a reflection on the thing I did. So now do I have to redo it so I can reflect on it. Or I read that to get book. The assignment I barely done. remember what happened, yeah. but I know I did it. So there's some of that going back and drudging through. Yeah, right. I read that book, but I didn't write the four-page paper that was supposed to go with it. Oh, at least I wrote notes in the margins. Like, yeah. hopefully this will help. So um, it's a little bit of cleanup, mm-hmm. cleanup strategies. But we did get all of our uh, classes done mm-hmm. yeah. in the first mm-hmm. two years. So yeah. next year, we will not be doing um, Thursday classes. Thursday classes are, um, we have three semesters of them. They're called micro courses mm-hmm. and they are downstairs in the basement here and they're actually kind of fun. Yeah. They're super fun. Yeah. It, it was always yeah. fun to hear you guys come up during like coffee break and lunch yeah. break and you'll be like chattering over yeah. what you talked about Debating and the debates you'd things. had and the arguments and the, Because yeah. year two, the Immerse program took on three more students. Mm-hmm. So we had six official Immerse students here at Northview, plus Greg was also doing it and we had other pastors who kind of thought they might do a MERS or 
Yeah. They would visit. have one or two guests join us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so they are, it, the classes are open to congregants if yeah, people want to come and just take part and Most learn. of them are. Yeah. Every once in a while it would be a closed class, but yeah. um, the the conversation was just really, really good. Yeah. Everyone's kind of there for the same reason, and yeah. and we had great teachers, great books to read, lots of prep going into these classes. Can you list some of the classes that you have taken in the last two years? Don't have to list them all, just a few, give a yeah, taste. Yeah, well, the ones that we just finished up, we had one class called Informed Orthodoxy. And so we had um, a lot of guest teachers during that. So it wasn't um, necessarily a, a class that like built one class on the other, but they were more independent classes. And we had some class on, um, oh, Sarah, help me out. Well, with worship. Uh, Johnny yeah, Martin so Johnny came Martin and came and taught one on, on just how do we, how does worship inform our our doctrine how does our doctrine inform our worship and what is that link back and forth between those two so that was one of our classes as students we had to research um a turning point in christian history and present on that to the rest of the class so there's a lot of interactive learning that happens and we get to hone our teaching skills as we teach to each other too Um, but a lot of times kyle is kind of overseeing most of these classes jeff will usually always teach one and be guest speakers Mm -hmm. and others Mm -hmm. we've had bruce gunther come from mb seminary mb seminary super informative historical just like he loves this stuff, right? Yeah. And be history. Yeah, we've had a couple different elders come and pre uh, teach. Yeah. Uh, Thalia and the counseling care team did a class on biblical counseling for us. Crystal yeah. has come before. It's so informative. Yeah, it's super rich. Yeah. Um, we also had a, one of our classes um, was on aliens and artists and ambassadors. And so wrestling with those terms and what does that actually look like um, as Christians here. We are ambassadors of Christ in this world, mm-hmm. but we're also aliens. This is in our home. And so how much do we engage in government? How how little do we get involved in things? And so wrestling through really um, issues in our city. And Sounds how, really practical. What do we do? Really yeah. practical. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I've really noticed. Like been, when I compare what your guys' material to yeah. what my regent classes, like I, my regent classes are fun. I love them. But what you guys are being trained on is much more on the ground, practical in terms of being a pastor day Mm -hmm. one out of your degree program. Like you're like interacting with the things that our congregants are going to be interacting with and the questions they're asking. Not so much the academic realm. Right. And it's not divorced from from the academics. Like we have a base of that. We we read about them. We talk about them. But it's all to the point of not just staying in that theoretical realm. But how does that actually inform how we live? And I feel like that transition is very intentional and prepares us so well um, for the role of being a pastor, Yeah, which is great. Yeah. They've also been fun, yeah. right? Like we, you kind of put aside all your ministry responsibilities for the for week day, yeah. and you go to class on Thursday yeah. and everybody kind of has their spot that they sit and their snacks that they have and the banter goes back and forth. Yeah. And some people like never talk. We had this new student last year, Colin. So he is in the community department and he's quite quiet. And I said, Colin, yeah. you haven't talked during class. He's like, no, I probably won't. I said, well, when you do, <laughs> I'm going to cheer. He, he he's learns a listener. and listens by learning. He went, I think, three weeks. I kept track. Three weeks, which is three <laughs> classes a day, which is almost five hours of sitting in an interactive class with without talking. I could like somebody would have to pay me a lot of money and take my mouth closed. <laughs> I just do not learn that way. And then when he finally said something, everybody listened. And I'm like, yeah, people don't listen to me anymore like that. <laughs> yeah. So Colin's it took time. Got, yeah, Colin's got good pithy and things to say. He does. Yeah. He has a lot he of stuff to say. And, 
yeah, and everybody everybody contributes, and it's been great. Our class dynamics have been really great. Yes, because you're with your coworkers, so it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. So next year, another three will join. Yes. yes. And so then there'll be nine. And that's kind of what we're thinking, like the maximum that we'll carry every year, other than like people that are guests and dropping in. But mm-hmm. there's kind of three going to be three first years, three second years, three third years. It's yeah. kind of the goal and keep this kind of cohort of nine mm-hmm. people growing. Yeah. So, Yeah. And the classes only go on for two years. So this is the year that Kendra and John and I are finished. But then the new students will come yeah. and they'll be doing the classes we took in our first year. Yeah. yeah. So our third year will look a little bit different mm-hmm. in the fact that we won't have the classes to go to on Thursdays. But because now we have our books and we know our assignments, we'll be able to spend a lot of our time doing those, working, those working through done. that. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that it's it's well organized. And yeah. our, I think it will feel different. Like I like the feeling of being a student and having that kind of schedule. So it was a little anticlimactic to be done classes, but mm-hmm. not be done the program. But it'll yeah. be good. We'll be able to learn and study in different ways next year. Yeah, you yeah. have to be quite self-motivated. Yeah. Like when Crystal's in classes at Regent, she has her syllabus and her assignments and when it has to be done by. And we have like a gigantic syllabus, like this massive it's curriculum. But everything's due in three years from now. And it's done in three years. And so it's it's a little daunting. Yeah. And we have to kind of put goals and timelines in for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I think we're going to do it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> So next year, um, well, Freddie's already on staff here. He'll be yeah. joining. Uh, he's at working in our community department over the summer, and then he'll be full on in the immerse program. He was an intern. He was an now intern. He's coming yes. back as a pastoral intern. intern. He went back to CBC, finished his degree, and now he's here. Yep. Uh, the second person is Crystal Lowen, yeah. who is somebody that I've known for like seventeen years. Our wow. kids were in the nursery together no as way. kids, I didn't and know she's that. yeah, she's cool. just been someone that has been always very interested in women's ministry and has been a leader for us here at Northview for about five years. Hmm. I and know that. yeah. She started taking some classes at. She um, she started at Axe because she wanted year. to do her master's yeah, anyways, yeah. and so then yeah. we said, "Well, why don't you just jump over here?" Yeah, <laughs> because I think she'll be just so great at. Yeah, she will. And it was fun for me to see even after a leadership training thing a few weeks ago, the three of you, yeah, you right. two and Crystal is just standing brainstorming. I thought, well, this is going to be a good yeah, yeah. fit going we'll forward. Have some great collaboration. Yeah, yeah. And then the third one is actually not going to be on campus here in terms of his. Um, Ministry hours. Ministry hours, because he's gonna he's a leader that's really emerged in the Tri City Church that's been working a lot with Matt. How great Glezos there. Yeah. And so he's gonna be doing all his ministry experience with Matt at Tri City and then coming here for classes. Okay. So yeah, and they're also getting one intern this year at Tri City who's gonna okay. be Yeah. So quickly that's another thing that Northy does is we have an intern program every yeah. year. And Wait. so there's been about eight people per year for about eight years. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to have finished their their degree yet they, they can be in the middle in of it the middle of it i think have started it yeah or have an interest in ministry yeah. like yeah. there's a few that haven't actually that haven't have a degree, a degree but have that ministry interest yeah 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 so there's interns and then there's pastoral interns mm-hmm. yeah and, and aren't and the same role and no. it's kind of confusing because it's the same word but yeah because daniel markin is a pastoral intern and he went from being an intern to a pastoral intern he yep. didn't really like that name he wanted to maybe be called a pastoral resident or a pastoral <laughs> apprentice he Daniel likes his titles. Yeah. yeah but freddie will probably feel the same way because he yeah. was an intern yeah. and now a summer worker and then in september he'll be a pastoral intern yeah it doesn't really matter you can it? ask us many times about the titles they're yes. changing here all they the change. time mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter no yeah. no so as we continue on in the podcast, that's great. Thank you for that update. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what is the differences that you might experience as immersed students, um, kind of being women versus mm-hmm. what men experience. But we want to talk a little bit about that more generally. 
in terms of just kind of Northview's position on this, because some people ask us questions mm. on it. And we thought we would, it was a bit of a springboard that we got was um, Jeff sent an article to us, all, all of us who are teaching and leading. Um, it was just called The Limits of First Timothy 2, uh, verses 11 and 12. And it's put out by a website called Gentle Reformation. And it was just basically talking through um, just kind of some of the roles in ministry. And so I thought what I'd do is give a brief overview of mm. that article and a brief overview of the kind of different positions within the women's um, or within the Christian church. And then we'll just talk a little bit about kind of the, the principles that come from this article and sure. how it impacts us at Northview. So the article, uh, it was written by, I don't even remember who wrote it, but it doesn't really matter. But he's basically talking about the uh, fact Richard that... Richard Holdman. Richard Holdman. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had an event at his church where Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, who's a very well-known Christian, well, she was a secular educator, and now she's become kind of well-known within the Christian circles. Um, she came and presented at the church, and he said there was men that stayed away because she was a woman speaking in the church. And so he went through this article to talk about, is that actually a valid thing <laughs> that yeah. men should stay away mm-hmm. from having this woman speaking at the church? And what were the pro, or what are kind of the reasons why some men ha- would have done that theologically? And was she speaking on a Sunday morning? No, no. She was speaking about like a specific issue. Yeah, like evening. a week, yeah, a conference. So he's saying there's some confusion here mm-hmm. about how uh, this passage of Second Timothy two eleven to twelve should be interpreted, and we need to clarify clarify what that is, or what the confusion is. And so that's what the, the article was about. So if you want to find the article, you can find it. But we're going to talk a little bit about that passage in general, um, so that we can clarify maybe what some of the confusion might have been. So just before we go into that, I thought I'd just say that there are basically, there's kind of two ranges in kind of mainstream Christian churches about how they view um, women in leadership in the churches. And so there'd be one position called an egalitarian position, which would, you can see here the word equal in it, mm-hmm. egalitarian, um, just saying that men and women uh, have the opportunity to do everything within the church, that there's no roles that are different for men that are different from women. Yeah. Uh, that would be the egalitarian position. And the second position would be a complementarian position, which just means that men and women should complement. They should kind of together fulfill what the main roles of the church, but have different parts of it. Yeah. So you think of um, yeah, two parts making a whole, that idea that there might be a distinction between the roles of a man and a woman mm-hmm. within the church. Or equal in God's eyes. Yeah. In value. In, in value. And both have... needed for the work of the yeah. church, but yeah. having different kind of roles within it. Yeah. And complementarian and egalitarian would say that women and men are both equal in value and worth and opportunity for yeah. salvation. Yeah. Complementarian would say there's a difference for the roles of men and women. Egalitarian would say that there's, there's no, no difference. difference in roles. Yeah. And so they each have their um, kind of positions that they would hold or they, the kind of scripture that they would go to or their mm-hmm. kind of philosophical kind of ideas that shape kind of their their interpretation of scripture, the kind of hermeneutical things. The MB conference, which is the conference that Northview is associated with, has given kind of options for both. They've mm-hmm. said, we see the biblical warrant for both, and we want to give churches the opportunity to decide how they want to structure. Kind of the freedom. The freedom to decide that, because... This is something that has to be decided. It's not like end times where you don't have to decide what your position is because it really isn't in our control whether or not Jesus comes today or yeah. 3,000 years from now. Right. So churches have autonomy with but, this one. Yeah, but churches have to decide if they're going to have women in all roles, women yes. teaching in all roles. So it's something yeah. that has to be physically decided. Mm-hmm. Will you, you, can't just will you leave not it. accept this candidate? Yeah. yeah. It can't just be like left as a nebulous, we don't know. But the, the MB confession has said, or the MB 
uh, denomination has said this is not a salvation issue. This is, should not divide good Christian brothers and sisters. Right. And so we're going to leave it open to the churches to decide. So what I'm going to do is read Second Timothy. First Timothy. Uh, or First Timothy, sorry. First Timothy, Timothy 2. First Chapter Timothy 2. 2. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Uh, 8 to 14. And then we're going to talk through where do people differentiate on this topic? How do they mm-hmm. understand it? And then talk about then how that applies a little bit to us in the Immerse program and us here at Northview. So sure. it reads like this, 1 Timothy 2, 8 to 13. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold and pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So, the phrase that is kind of debated or talked about in this passage specifically is, what does it mean to teach or exercise authority over a man. So verse 12 says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. So that's the first thing. And then what does it mean to remain quiet? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we interpret mm-hmm. that? How do we understand that? Yeah. So first of all, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Um, how do we understand that? How do we interpret that at Northview? Who wants to go? Yeah, Jump so in, you pastoral interns. At Northview, <laughs> we don't understand that to mean that men can never be taught by women, but we mean that to under, or we understand it to mean that, um, where's the verse here? Verse 12, to teach or exercise authority over a man. So that would be the role of eldership. So specific to that role of being an elder and being in a sense, the, the pulpit preaching, um, ministry in the church, which is where the doctrine and the teaching of the whole church is assembled and being taught together. So in that sense of the teaching and then the authority comes from the eldership, yeah. So that's so, the idea of the kind of the guarding, kind of the doctrine of the church, the guarding yeah. the, the main kind of source of where the teaching comes from and where it is disseminated, which mm-hmm. is that gathered assembly on the weekend where it's all generations, all ages, all genders yeah. kind of worshiping together. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to look at the context of this verse. Paul is not saying women can never teach in universities, women can never teach in any Sunday school class, women can never teach men anything. Like we're we're not... Um, able to bring value to anything. He's yeah. specifically talking in, in the church, teaching the congregation. The gathered setting. assembly yeah. on the, yeah. yeah. So that's why at Northview we understand it, we interpret it to be that way because that's the context of, of the book of First Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy, this is how your church should operate. This is yeah. what, when you gather to worship, this is how the men should behave. This is how they should pray. This is how the women should behave, how they should dress and and then dressing modestly. Dressing modestly. Yeah. And there's reasons why he gives. Yeah. And then this is also who's in charge of the teaching. Yeah. Who controls the doctrine in the church? Or controls the sharing of it, the teaching yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does it mean to remain quiet then? When we talk about women should remain quiet in the congregation. Have you guys talked about that? Go Have any it, thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, we are... We are instructed in other parts of scripture also to have or some organization, right? Yeah. It's like some structure. We're not supposed to just have these wild and crazy services and have somebody preaching and people disagreeing. It, it's not an open dialogue we on a Sunday the morning. First Corinthians yeah. kind of section of twelve to four, 
chapters 12 to 14, there's this idea of orderly worship, yeah, right? And, orderly and, services. And Paul, often in his letters, he addresses something that has been going on. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to... Um, you're not making up stuff. You're not imagining what might have been going on, but you're looking at the scriptures and going, well, if he's telling them not to do this, it's probably because they were. Yeah. And so I think it's helpful to look at anything Paul says in terms of instruction for the church to realize they're probably doing the opposite in an unruly kind of way. Yeah. And I mean, you do bring into some cultural stuff in situations like this. Um Men and women were educated very differently back then, right? And so you couldn't, you, he wasn't okay with anybody being in a church, talking, giving their opinions, spouting things just based on what they thought might be good. Right, that leads to quite a divisive yeah. gathering. And I think Paul is writing to talk about not being divisive, but being peaceable, yeah, so the so idea of quiet is that kind of quiet spirit in the sense that you're not out there to cause division, yeah. to cause ruckus, to yeah. um, kind of formally debate somebody in a public sphere. Right, because right. yeah. we can use that word silence to mean absolute silence, silence <laughs> yeah. or we can use that word as as a manner of peaceableness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just above it, in at the beginning of chapter two, he writes that um, he's commanding them to pray I urge that all petitions, prayers, intercessions be made for all people, for kings and all those authorities, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So the the near context has that quietness, quietness, peaceable idea of how do we interact with with our government, those in leadership over us. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's a far stretch to say that's actually what the word um, quiet means when he's talking about it like a few verses later, that that's how women should, should learn is quiet, peaceful, not divisive, and causing dissension in the church. We have Mm -hmm. to remember, too, that when we look at the New Testament letters, women are always invited to learn, Mm -hmm. not to remain silent, as in don't learn, be mute. Don't ask your questions. No. No. And there were very many women, like when Paul writes at the end of Romans and other places, that were significantly involved in leadership roles within the church that either were financially supporting the church who were bringing his letters around, like I think Phoebe in Rome mm-hmm. who probably was the one that brought his letter to the church yeah. in Rome. Like they were given a lots of autonomy, lots of affirmation by the Apostle Paul. Yeah. He's just saying within the worship services, there yeah. should be an order and a structure that people understand yeah. that they know and that, that, that males, that men should be given kind of that final kind of guarding role where they have to protect the sheep, they have to protect yeah. the flock. And that's kind of the role that they should be willing to take on and to exercise. And he gives reason for why, yeah. right? Verse 13, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. And so it goes all the way back to creation in the order of how God meant things to be, how he designed things to be. Yeah. So he asked Adam to take that oversight role, mm-hmm. and he did fail in that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he was also a transgressor. But that was yeah. kind of when Paul argues for a lot of these things. If you go through the book of Ephesians and you go through the book of Colossians, when he argues for men to take on that leadership role and to step up for it, he goes back to that creation account and yeah. says, God gave you that role. Mm-hmm. Now step into it yeah. and do it. Which is why it transcends culture, is going back to creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what does how does how do we interpret this passage at Northview? What does this look like kind of on the ground? Um, what would you say in terms of like your immerse role, in terms of what you've been able to do at Northview? What mm-hmm. does it look like? Yeah, so I think in Northview as a whole, it just means that women aren't on our elder board. We our elder board is is 
for the role of men. Mm-hmm. And also our our preachers on Sunday morning, the gathered assembly is that's going to be a man who is preaching. So those are the limitations um, that would then apply to our experience in Immerse. We've Everything else we've been encouraged and totally. invited to participate in. So yeah. the, the only thing would be um, like Daniel and John, Colin, Sean, they're preaching on, on Sundays and Sarah and I aren't. But we have many opportunities to preach, just not the gathered uh, weekend services, mm-hmm. but we're preaching in women's ministry all the time. To hundreds so of women. To hundreds of yeah. women. So yeah. it's not like our preaching ministry is is lacking or wanting. We've had more yeah. opportunities. At least I've had more opportunities <laughs> than I felt comfortable at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and we've gone through sermon review, and we are treated exactly the same you way. Don't give yeah. like the, 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 no, we don't get the soft <laughs> review. No. Gloves. Yeah. No. Oh, no. it's the women. Be nice to them. Not no. at all. And all no. four of us have roles outside of that. We yeah. emcee the services. We so pray. We lead communion we do child dedications yeah. like we are actively involved as women leaders simply not the preaching yeah. the message on the weekend yeah. services including sunday night Thaley yeah. is a venue pastor for saturday mm-hmm. nights and is often the face of saturday night mm-hmm. yeah. you are up there yeah. and then i'm one of, of the venue pastors at sunday night gathering yeah yeah and then i've yeah. done center court with paul for the last year yeah and crystal's our floater yeah, yeah. i get to go wherever i want no, <laughs> <laughs> but, but me. it allows us the opportunity to pray for our people yeah. it allows us to dedicate yeah. their children to the lord it allows us to baptize it allows us to um lead communion yeah there's so many opportunities for us to shepherd yeah and, and we are present at elder meetings yeah. crystal and i Almost every time, it's the office of elder is for men, but it's open to the public, and there are other mm-hmm. people, there are other pastors, and, and we're like the meetings. As, as, yeah, the meetings yeah. are open. We yeah. encourage as staff, and especially as women staff, to be there to yeah. share our perspective. People are often asking for our perspective, asking for our input. Yeah, um, we do the membership interviews, baptism interviews. We baptize yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. so many things. Like you said, we're often so stretched beyond our comfort zone yeah. as it is. <laughs> so, and there's yeah. nothing in immerse that Kendra and I haven't been able to participate in as students and our no. voices are heard you don't feel like there's like the tier one and the tier no. two yeah no so it's no. funny because you asked the question like what has it been like as a woman in Mars? i'm like uh like normal like yeah. a student like, yeah. uh, which is good there That's hasn't should be there hasn't yeah. been these barriers or blockades or yeah. weird things that you're like oh i'm a girl that's unfortunate yeah. like, I've never di- ever had yeah. that thought we have some different insights just because we've been involved in women's ministry and we can be yeah. asked questions about how that ministry works Yeah, but the same way we can ask but just the same way that Sean has different works. insights because he's yeah. done a lot of international travel mm-hmm. and I probably have different insights because I've done a lot of nursing sure. and worked in palliative yeah. care and so I don't know if that's gender specific that's it's just not. life experience yeah. Yeah. difference yeah and when you think of what your future role could be once you're done immerse yeah. after leaving the program i mean mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunities in terms of pastoral directorship or pastoral work here at northview yeah. they would just be you can't take over jeff's role right <laughs> basically don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's fine yeah, yeah. That's, so there'd be lots of opportunities for within the discipleship department or worship department yeah. Yeah. or mm-hmm. sarah well, maybe not piano playing go oh yeah the tone, so <laughs> yeah those days are over i think yeah, so we want to encourage like this article, the Gentle Reformation article. He was saying like, don't like, don't let this idea of First Timothy two stop you from learning from great educated women. Yeah. We have great women who are leading, who are CEOs of companies. Uh-huh. We have women who are leading um, like government organizations, or we have women who are leading yeah. um, ministries, like yeah. something like a Compassion, or like uh-huh. we're not saying that any of those oper- 
opportunities, any of those things would not be available to women because yeah. we totally would affirm any leadership opportunities yeah. for women. Um, we just, um, in terms of kind of the scriptural message, it seems like the most consistent idea of understanding how scripture, kind of the overarching, overarching message is that God asked men to step into that leadership role and protect the, the church family. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of that. I, and I think that's why role. Jeff sent everyone this article because yeah. it, it quite clearly represents Northview's perspective, but it also uh, allows us to see that not everyone who is complementarian looks at it the way we do. Yeah. So there will be some range yeah. within the yeah. churches as to how they interpret First Timothy 2, 11 to 12, that teaching and ex- exercising authority. Some complementarian yeah. churches will draw lines differently. Some will yeah. not have women pastors. They will just give women the title director right. or those different things. So yeah. even within the complementarian church, we want to be... There's- loving towards each other and mm-hmm, open yeah. to the fact that different people will interpret it differently. And as people working within the church, we just need to decide, are we comfortable with the way this church is doing it? Yeah. Or does it make us feel uncomfortable? Which I think the title of this is The Limits of First Timothy chapter 2. Yeah. And I think that's, it's kind of a, a pun, like it's a little ironic because there's a limit in that the leadership role of women is limited in two ways, not to be the elder, not to be the lead pastor, or the, the preaching pastor. But there's it's not limiting other things. So let's limit it to what it's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not let's not make add it more limitations. Exactly. Because he was saying people it. are adding more kinds of limitations. Yeah. Saying that women it. can't, whatever. And here, like Dr. Butterfield. Um, Butterfield is speaking. She's not preaching at this event. And men were like, ah, oh, but she's a woman and I can't learn from her. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's a limitation of understanding this verse, not mm-hmm. actually what the verse is trying to yeah. teach. So I think that we need to be careful when we come to verses like this, com- um, verses that are uh, uncomfortable, maybe confrontational in some, if you have a different perspective than someone else, but to actually look, what what is it saying? What is it teaching? What's the intent? What's yeah. the intent yeah. of it? And let's not add to it. Let's not take away from it. And so I think that we there's... We also call that staying on yeah. the line. <laughs> yeah. So in our Bible study, our leaders, yeah. we use that phrase a lot, stay on the line. Yeah. Let's not add, let's not take away, but let's let's work hard, let's study, let's wrestle, and let's get to the heart. Let's get to that straight line, the plumb line. What is this saying? And so I think this article is helpful because it's saying let's know the limit, but let's not keep adding limits to it because mm-hmm. yeah. then we're not being faithful to to the scripture text. Yeah, we're adding all kinds of, imposing all kinds of ideas on yeah. what that means. And the heart of people, I'm sure the heart of these men who walked out was because they wanted to be faithful mm-hmm. to scripture. They wanted to be faithful to God. And so that's commendable. But we need to sometimes do some work to really understand what God's Word is teaching there. Yeah, and this is a big topic. We don't have time to really go into all of it today. I mean, Kendra Mm -hmm. and I even talk about, oh, what if you were offered a job at a church that's egalitarian? Would you work there? And we're like, well, not if I'm going to be asked to preach on Sunday morning, right? Like, there's so many different parts. Well, it depends on what role would they be asking me to do. They're asking me to preach. Well, I don't believe scriptures give me that that opportunity, but. Could I work in their women's department? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, of course, because that's within my, I feel like that's within my role as a leader in the church. Sure, yeah. I can lead communion. So we could go on for five hours. Yeah, we, yeah, could. we could. <laughs> but we know you guys would get bored and we'd be like, this is so interesting. And you'd say, this is so boring. Oh, some people love this conversation. So we will leave it at that for now. But I think what we want to say in general is that at Northview, we love to have women in all kinds of leadership roles, yeah, whether that's worship true. leading, whether that's care group, a community group leading, women's ministry, um, cross like 
for all ministries that aren't like gender based, like if you want to be on a stewardship committee or if you want to be mm-hmm. on a building committee or if you want to yeah. be all these things, like yeah. use your gifts, use your talents. If yeah. you want to learn how to teach, we have so many opportunities. I, do. Um, I always, sometimes feel bad that we give people so many opportunities. Like their husbands are going to be mad at me because I'm yeah. always bringing them to a class. Yeah, but we have so, so many much opportunities going on just this month. Mm-hmm. And so many people coming out to be equipped and it's so encouraging. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So if you have any questions on this and you want to know what we do for women at Northview, hmm. email us at any time. Bonus at Northview.org or care at Northview.org is Thalia or women at Northview.org is me. Um, and we can be happy to answer your questions. So Kendra, would you mind praying as we end? Yeah. For anyone who's listening. Absolutely. Yeah. Lord, we thank you um, for the technology of podcasting and that uh, the four of us can sit in this room, but we know that many ears will hear these words. And so, Lord, I pray for the women and the men who are listening, um, that, Lord, that they would be a growing desire to study your word and to to work hard to know what is it saying? How do we apply it? So, God, would you continue to give us as your children the grace to read and understand your word? Would you give us a heartbeat uh, that desires to obey you? And um, Lord, I just pray that as we look at churches in our city and uh, the churches that we're part of and the churches our friends are part of, would you help us as Christians to be um, kind and warm and hospitable to people with other perspectives, but help us also be willing to search your scripture, uh, to be, um, yeah, to know more and more um, the truth and to be more and more convinced of it. God, we want to be in um Bible studiers who uh, treat your words with integrity. So would you help us grow in our ability to do that? Would you help our churches and our leaderships um, to please you in in the things that we do and the way we run our churches? Lord, we love you and we thank you for um, our time together. Amen. Amen. Amen.